£300,000 worth of coffee machines stolen from warehouse in UK. Freshino, a multi-awarded coffee machine manufacturer, has reported that burglars almost stripped the company's warehouse of its contents, from late Tuesday night to early Wednesday morning, according to the BBC and local news reporters. The Birmingham-based coffee machine manufacturer, reported a loss of at least £300,000, with some news sources reporting a loss of up to £500,000 or $587,000. The West Midlands police are already investigating the burglary of coffee machines and grinders at the company's warehouse next to its factory. The stolen equipment was supposed to be shipped to South Africa, Canada, Singapore, Dubai, Australia and other countries. Chairman and founder Frank Maxwell said that the theft was a real bad hit, and it would take months to recover. CCTV cameras revealed that a gang of four used a lorry stolen from a bed company. They filled it with pallets worth of coffee equipment, which they took from the warehouse using Freshino's own forklifts. One truck didn't seem enough as towards the early morning, another lorry pulled in. The problem is not only the missing equipment, but also the rising cost of production. The insurance may cover the replacement cost, but the profit margin that Freshino could have made would have been much higher, since they purchased the machines before the pandemic at a lower price. All of those items are going to have to be made at a much more ridiculously high price, with a much closer profit margin for sure, said Frank Maxwell, founder, Freshino. This was the second time that the company had been targeted by thieves. After the robbery, the burglars used a fire extinguisher everywhere, most likely to cover some tracks. When the first employee showed up for work on Wednesday morning, the company found out about the burglary. The company's ability to cover the loss is not certain, and it has put some uncertainty over employees' job security. There's a 60-person workforce there, and they all depend on us making the right decision, and here we are. Robbers have come in and have deprived the family of the employees of their livelihood, and of course, the burglars affected the company, said Frank Maxwell, founder, Freshino. Riverview approves business merger with Westrock Coffee Holdings. Riverview Acquisition Corp., a publicly traded acquisition company, announced that Riverview shareholders approved the proposed merger with Westrock Coffee Holdings LLC, a provider of integrated coffee, tea, flavor, extract and ingredient solutions, at a special meeting of shareholders held Friday. A total of 24,469,389 shares of common stock, or 78.3% of the issued and outstanding shares of Riverview's common stock, as of August 3, 2022, the record date for the special meeting, were present either personally, electronically, or by proxy. Owners of 23,428,049 shares of Riverview's common stock, or 75% of the company's outstanding common stock, cast their votes in favor of the merger. On August 29, Westrock Coffee Holdings is expected to formally close on a merger that will take the coffee and tea producer public, with shares anticipated to start trading that morning at $10, at the Nasdaq market's opening bell. The business merger will make it possible for Westrock Coffee to expand even further into Europe, Asia-Pacific, and the Middle East, in addition to accelerating the development of its ready-to-drink manufacturing plant in the United States.
During the business combination process, Westrock received a credit line of 350 million US dollars and roughly 300 million US dollars from private investors. Petition against UVCC deal gathers over 30,000 signatures. A petition has been submitted on change.org to tell the Ugandan government that the people do not believe that the UVCC deal is good for the country. If the petition reaches its target of 35,000 votes, it currently has over 31,000, it will be one of the issues with the most votes on change.org, says Nemesaba Woniola, who started the campaign. The president can still withdraw his signature until July 5, 2022, which would render the contract ineffective. To support him in his decision-making, we want to start this petition, as stated in the petition at change.org, to protect Ugandan coffee producers from the exploitative UVCC monopoly. Wanyola summarizes the industry's concerns in four points. The first is to purchase coffee qualities and quantities at prices set by UVCC itself. Until these activities are successfully completed, coffee farmers are not allowed to sell coffee to other buyers. To ensure this, other export companies do not receive any documents for export until UVCC's activities are completed and the company has opened the market to others. Second, UVCC is granted tax neutrality until 10 years after completion of the production facilities, for example, income tax is waived for 10 years, import tax, VAT, but also social security contributions for employees and fees for work permits are waived by the state. In addition, the price of electricity is subsidized by the state and the government commits to providing a constant and permanent supply of electricity, the same applies to water and other infrastructural connections. Third, UVCC is given land for 49 years for the projects. Permission to fill the Namanvi River, which flows through the site, is also given without any restrictions in the contract, without the consequences for the environment having to be absorbed by UVCC in any way. Lastly, in return, UVCC is to ensure that more value is created in the country by processing the premium coffee into roasted and instant coffee. The development of the market for this, in Europe and other parts of the world, is the responsibility of the company. However, the consequences of the not unlikely failure of the project will be borne by all those involved in the coffee industry in Uganda. Probat times market perfectly for hydrogen-powered roaster. Hydrogen is a hot topic in various industries as a sustainable alternative to fossil fuels. Probat's entry into this alternative fuel source comes at just the right time, as the cost of gas is rising at an unprecedented rate due in part to Russia's restrictions after Putin turned off the tap to European markets. Hydrogen is a combustible gas produced by a process called electrolysis, in which electricity is passed through water to separate the hydrogen and oxygen molecules. One disadvantage of hydrogen in terms of sustainability is that it consumes a lot of energy. However, it retains its green credentials if the electricity is generated sustainably from renewable or nuclear sources. Most people want to know why you do not just use electricity as a fuel source, when hydrogen consumes electricity in the first place. The reason varies depending on the industry. 
It's worth reading Bill Gates' excellent book, How to Avoid a Climate Disaster, to learn more about the uses of hydrogen. The automotive industry, for example, is interested in hydrogen because you can drive further with it than with electric vehicles, and refuel in the same way as with a petrol car. In addition, hydrogen is much easier to store, than electricity is, with current battery technology. In Probat's case however, hydrogen fuel can burn similar to gas, and it can probably be treated in the same way as a gas-powered roaster, which the company cites in the following press release, as one of the contributing reasons they chose this technology. Probat Press Release The Connecting Market Symposium, taking place at the Probat headquarters on September 21 and 22, is casting its shadows ahead, at this year's two-day networking highlight of the global coffee community, the company will present its first hydrogen-powered shop roaster. The topic of alternative and preferably green energies remains prevalent in the production industry worldwide. New regulations and growing consumer pressure for more sustainable practices have caused a sharp rise in the demand for alternatively powered roasters in recent years. This fact is contributing to ongoing thoughts on new environmentally friendly technologies. However, the availability and current price development for natural gas have now led to a strong request for temporary answers on the way to carbon-neutral roasting processes. Probat has been addressing this challenge by looking into adequate alternatives and now offers its customers LPG-compatible adaptations of burner technology. Liquefied petroleum gas, LPG, is produced during oil refining or is extracted during the natural gas production process. With higher availability on the markets, LPG has much potential as an alternative to natural gas. Also, with manageable effort, roasting machines previously operated with natural gas can also be converted to LPG operation. The Probat experts derive the actual technical steps required, such as LPG-compatible adaptations of installed burner equipment, on a case-by-case basis. We needed to come up with an interim solution to help our customers overcome the natural gas shortage. That is why we are now offering retrofits to make burners LPG compatible. However, the carbon-intensive nature of traditional roasting is hampering the coffee industry's ability to reduce its environmental impact. Therefore, we have been looking into the issue of fossil fuel replacement for years now. And we have tested nearly all viable alternatives, such as biogas, electricity, or green hydrogen which we consider the future of coffee roasting where direct electrification is not possible. Our whole engineering team made a concerted effort to develop roasting technology that can be operated with this highly combustible gas. And they accomplished this task successfully, as we will present the first hydrogen-fueled P05 shop roaster at our Connecting Markets Symposium in September. With a view to the company's efforts toward fulfilling its own climate targets, the development of hydrogen-compatible roasters is a paramount step in the long-overdue transition to green energy and the decarbonization of the coffee industry, said Thomas Kozierowski, Probat CTO. Starbucks celebrates 20 years in Indonesia with opening of its 500th store. Starbucks is celebrating 20 years in Indonesia by opening its 500th shop in the country. Located on Jalan Gatsu Murutaki in Bali's North Kuta district, it is also the 55th drive through location in the archipelago. The opening of our 500th store in Indonesia is a significant milestone for Starbucks. 
This is a proud moment for all our partners wearing the green apron, and I am excited to celebrate this achievement with them. We attribute our success to the dedication and passion of our partners, who deliver the beloved Starbucks experience to our customers every day, said Anthony Makevoy, leader, PT Sari Coffee Indonesia, SCR. Since opening its first location in Indonesia 20 years ago, Starbucks has expanded by adding drive-through locations, Starbucks reserve stores, including one at Margosity Depok, the Starbucks Devata Coffee Sanctuary, and a new coffee experience center within the Starbucks Devata Complex, to pay homage to Indonesia's rich coffee heritage. With a population of 279.8 million people, Indonesia is potentially one of the largest coffee markets in the world. The Southeast Asian country produces its own coffee, which in 2021 alone, was exported around the world to the value of more than 842 million US dollars. The Balinese Touch The design of the 500th shop is heavily inspired by Balinese architecture, which emphasizes wooden elements. The regionally inspired roofs and columns reflect the shop's surroundings, while local, natural materials have been used for the facade. The interior of the shop features natural wood, vibrant ratan lighting, and artwork with a wood-carved Starbucks sign to create a local and authentic Starbucks experience. Indonesia has played an important role in Starbucks heritage as one of the world's leading coffee-growing regions through today, as we continue to deliver the iconic experience across the market. Since entering the market 20 years ago, Indonesia has become the 10th largest market globally for Starbucks and we remain committed to serving more customers and communities for the long term, said Michael Conway, Group President, Starbucks International. Since 1971, the company has sourced quality Arabica coffee from Sumatra, Indonesia. Today, Starbucks sources much of its Arabica coffee beans from Sumatra in Indonesia, the Philippines, Thailand, and Vietnam. Starbucks Sumatra Dark Roast Coffee is a coffee chain's best-selling single-origin coffee around the world. Coffee beans from this region are also used in many of Starbucks' popular coffee blends, including Starbucks Anniversary Blend, Starbucks Thanksgiving Blend, and Starbucks Tribute Blend. Starbucks Union claims closure of two stores, an act of retaliation. Starbucks has recently closed two more unionized locations, one in Seattle and one in Kansas City. Starbucks Workers United claims it is an act of retaliation, similar to a series of closures that took place in July. The coffee chain giant denies the allegation and states business and safety reasons for closing the said stores. Starbucks says that it has closed the unionized Seattle location to make way for a licensed store with grocery store chain QFC. Meanwhile, the Kansas City store, which has filed for a unionization election and is still awaiting vote results, has been closed for safety reasons. We apply the same focus on safety at unionized and non-union stores, and are closing non-union stores where we are similarly challenged, in providing a safe environment for our customer and partner experience, said a Starbucks spokesperson. SB Workers United debunks the company's reasons for closing the stores. The union argues that employees were already being transferred to the QFC licensed store as early as the second week of August, and they believe this is the latest example of Starbucks union busting activity.
Starbucks closed 16 locations in July due to safety concerns and drug use in restrooms. That same week, a video of Starbucks interim CEO, Howard Schultz, surfaced, saying that the closures were only the beginning and that many more would follow. Schultz already expressed his plan to address safety concerns during the era of significant reinvention, which is reportedly the reason for shutting down the Kansas City store. SB Workers United responded that while safety concerns are a major reason many employees choose to organize, it doesn't make sense that the company's solution to addressing these concerns is to close stores rather than work with employees and the union. Shutting down stores doesn't make anyone safer, it just makes it harder to pay rent, said Josh Crowell, a worker at the Kansas City location. Starbucks has closed 19 stores in the last few months, 42% of which had union activity the Starbucks union stated. Uganda coffee date set for UVCC showdown. The ongoing dispute between parts of the government and a group of MP and lawyers over the award of a coffee contract to Italian investor UVCC is expected to reach a showdown in court on December 15 this year, where the judge will assess the way the contract was structured and determine whether it was legal. Each party must submit its written submissions by October 31, 2022. It is disappointing that the government's focus is on legality, rather than proving that it is good for the industry. With both sides claiming that they are acting in the best interests of coffee producers and local businesses that support coffee farming, one would hope there would be more discussion on this issue. The absence of such debate, and instead the reliance on a legal process having been properly followed, could be interpreted as a weakness on the part of the side promoting the deal. If the deal is good, why is it so hard to convince the rest of the industry? The Ugandan authorities' arguments so far have ranged from accusing the International Coffee Organization ICO, of creating barriers to the export of processed coffee, to colonialism and protectionism within Western consumer countries. But how the deal with UVCC will solve this problem has not been convincingly explained. Any processed coffee exported by the company is still subject to the same rules that Uganda claims hinder it. In addition, the country has granted generous incentives to the company, some of which included an immediate cash payment from the government, without any commitment from the investors to date. These incentives were granted under a law designed to attract investment from abroad. However, when reading the Act, we noticed that several required elements were missing in this deal, including a published feasibility study. I suspect that this is because the business may not be feasible, while benefiting producers. The Uganda Coffee Development Authority, UCDA, has also expressed support for the agreement, citing the small share that Ugandan producers receive of the total value in the supply chain. The permanent secretary in the Ministry of Finance, Ramadan Gubi, has gone on record saying that Uganda could get nine times more value from its production if it did the processing itself. This figure is misleading, firstly because it assumes that all coffee is sold as processed, which is not the case. Speciality coffee needs to be roasted close to where it is consumed because consumers like to have a relationship with local roasters and do not pay a premium for coffee with old roasting dates. For non-speciality coffee, higher revenues come with an increase in costs, and it is not a given that a profit will be made in this highly competitive business. 
Kubi knows this perfectly well, and these are empty statements meant to please the public. The government has already contradicted itself when it stated as part of its defense that the UVCC business would only account for 60,000 tons of the total production of 400,000 tons. So when it suits the government, it uses 100% of production to illustrate how much value is on the table, while on the other hand, it uses a figure of only 15% of production to defend its decision when awarding this contract. I am not sure who is convinced by the government's arguments, but according to a petition already signed by more than 30,000 people against the agreement, it is not as many as the government might like. Vietnam Robusta reserves shrink, coffee prices may rise again. Coffee lovers may need to buckle up amid the looming coffee price hikes, as Vietnam's vast coffee hordes shrink. The global coffee market is facing huge deficits, and key players in the coffee industry are battered by drought, heavy rainfalls, insufficient supply and shipping bottlenecks. As opposed to production, global coffee consumption is increasing after a COVID-induced pause. According to projections, Vietnamese stockpiles will have been cut in half by the end of September, compared with the same period a year earlier. Carryover stockpiles are seen at 200,000 tons at the start of the new season on October 1, compared with an estimated 400,000 tons a year earlier, according to the survey. Output from Vietnam is also expected to drop in 2022-23. Many producers abandon coffee for more profitable fruit trees. The rising fertilizer prices will also affect production for the coming season, said Do Ho Nam. Intimex Group's chairman, and Vietnam Coffee and Cocoa Association's deputy head. Many producers tried to cut costs by using less fertilizer. Citigroup Incorporated stated that such an approach poses substantial risk to the prospect for the upcoming planting season. It has already reduced its projection for coffee production in Vietnam for both this year and the next. The harvest in Vietnam runs from October to early January. It is projected that some coffee-growing regions might receive heavier rainfall in three months from October due to the La Nina weather pattern. As a result, stocks are decreasing. When shipments of Vietnamese Robusta rose 17%, its availability declined. Many traders are worried and some fear that producers may hold their coffee back in hopes that the prices increase further. Robusta's current price in Dak Lak province rose to a record high of $2.10 per kilogram last week. In spite of the widely accepted opinion that Arabica is the superior bean, Robusta has been gaining in popularity as people search for cheaper alternatives to Arabica due to rising prices. Companies such as Nestle, Jacobs and others use lower-quality Robusta beans for their instant coffee or as a base for espresso blends. World's first minister for coffee appointed in Papua New Guinea The re-elected prime minister of Papua New Guinea, James Marape, has named his cabinet members. Among them is the former vice minister for commerce and industry, Joe Cooley, who is believed to be the world's first minister for coffee. Cooley hails from Englem Southwagi in the Central Highlands region. As he takes on the coffee sector, Francis Manique, another member of the parliament since 2017, will be in charge of the palm oil sector, 
and is also reportedly the world's first-ever minister for palm oil. These new appointments emphasize the country's resolve to improve its agriculture sectors. Traditional Papua New Guinea crops have lost focus over the last 30 to 40 years. We want to bring them back to the table. We are breaking them down to specific ministers, so that these programs get managed by a minister properly at the micro level, said James Marape, Prime Minister, Papua New Guinea. Although palm oil is Papua New Guinea's main agricultural product, accounting for 27% of all agriculture exports and 6% of the country's GDP, coffee is the country's second biggest agricultural export. It supports many other industries, from transport to construction and insurance to banking. In recent years, the country's coffee industry has faced some difficulties, but the re-elected prime minister hopes the coffee minister, who comes from the Wagi Valley region known for its coffee, will help improve it. Papuan coffee has a high interest factor among coffee connoisseurs and is served in many cafes all over the world. Prime Minister Marape wants to capitalize on this and produce and export more coffee. Minister Cooley's focus will be coffee, coffee, and coffee. I want to drink coffee made in Garoka, Mount Hagen, La and other parts of the country. I want to see more coffee grown for export to the lucrative markets of the world, said James Marape, Prime Minister, Papua New Guinea.